Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Steve Buchanan with my co-host, Julian Edlow. Kind of the calm before the storm, if you want to call this week's edition. We are on the precipice of getting ready for NCAA March Madness. That is coming soon. Spring training. Starting to get into the mix. The NFL offseason. Rumors swirling around right now on the interwebs. Lots of stuff happening, but... Like I said, the calm before the storm, the NBA all-star break fast approaching too as well. And that is where we're going to start over in the NBA. Julian, before we even get there, I I feel like maybe this is almost like a a daily occurrence of the pod because you have a fancy new article over on the DraftKings playbook, DraftKings.com slash playbook, which is basically an NBA basketball betting trends for the slate of games for that evening just a plethora of information stats and trends on the games coming up to kind of help you the user play some of your bets in a smart manner over on the DraftKings Sportsbook just tell us a little bit about what you have cooking up over there yeah I mean all the betting content that we've had in the past has pretty much been something along the lines of best bets where you give plays and while giving plays is great. And I want to continue to do that as much as possible. That's not what it's all about. There's a lot more that goes into it. And sometimes just giving information and allowing people to craft up their own plays can be more valuable. um, And especially in the long term, in terms of learning how to cap these games, uh, you know, yourself. So we're in that time of year between football and baseball where you're completely useless. So maybe somebody like you wants to bet on a basketball game and you don't know how you come over, you read my, uh, my NBA basketball betting trends article that day. For example, I'm going to be backing Nick's first half. I'll just give an official play right now. Nick's first half minus half a point. Um, They're hosting the Sacramento Kings. Nick's Kings, not a great game. I don't know who's going to win. I don't care who's going to win because I'm betting the first half. And here's why. The Knicks have covered 10 in a row first halves. They've crumbled and choked away and lost plenty of these games as they did against Golden State on Tuesday when we cashed the first half and then they lose. That's what the Knicks do. But first half, they've been perfect across their last 10. They're an NBA best 22-9-1 and against the first half spread. That's one of these things about these games that 
you know, you take a spread and you got to cut it in half for the half, cut it in a quarter for the quarters. And that's just how it works, but it doesn't appropriately reflect how these teams start games necessarily. The other side, Sacramento Kings, a slow starting team. Um, this team's on an eight game losing streak and hasn't covered any of the, those eight games anyway. So if the Knicks bounce back with a win, this does feel like a spot for the full game that they should, but just in terms of the first half, the Kings are five and eight to the first half spread on the road and three and seven against the first half spread in their last 10. So all the numbers say to back the Knicks fast starting team against a slow starting team. that's really struggling right now. So I'm going to do so. And you can find, you know, by just going through, each game I have trends on each game every every night pretty much I give zero opinions I give all numbers it's great you like that. So you can't hold me to anything I'm just giving you numbers to figure out what you want to do um the other one that jumps out to me if you're going through it is probably Nuggets first quarter and it's probably something I'll have a play on the Wizards have won five of their last six games straight up as underdogs uh one of those games was against the Nuggets in Washington the Wizards jumped, or sorry, the Nuggets led by like 18 after the first quarter and lost that game. Uh, it was on a road East Coast back to back. But as hot as the Wizards are right now, they're still just four, 10, and one against the first quarter spread on the road, two and eight against the first quarter spread in their last 10 overall. Then you have the Nuggets, 10 and five against the first quarter spread at home, seven and three against the first quarter spread in their last 10 overall, a fast starting team. So that's probably a first quarter side where I'll wind up on, on the Nuggets. And then we have the Knicks um, just doing what the numbers point point to do. And just kind of looking at this too, like you said, like this is a way to kind of help people make some smart decisions, just going off some of these trends, just like looking at this article here, like the magic Netscape could be a good potential for the over. If you're looking at some of the trends here, as you've mentioned, magic eight, six and one to the over on the road. Then you look at the nets. They have also been an excellent team, especially as of late, hitting the over 15 and five in the over in uh, uh, over their last 20 games. So a large sample size there, too, as well. So kind of takes people who maybe are just getting into betting or anything like that. Look at some of these trends. And, you know, obviously people love using these trends. I love using these trends. Obviously kind of gives you a more um, kind of kind of a more what have you done for me lately approach to some of these teams because we all know that these teams have their ups and downs they go through their their fluctuations this is a good way to kind of identify some of those and maybe get a team at where they're they're uh, succeeding especially as of late yeah it just it simplifies things for you everybody you know you can fire from the fire from the hip and just you want to bet on a good team against a bad team sure uh but this you know, numbers change, numbers adjust to trends, but at least this tells you what teams have been doing lately against the numbers that's that, you know, DraftKings Sportsbook is setting. So it's all about what you're doing against expectations kind of. And that's what this article will will help you figure out. And just going back real quick to that Knicks first half trend that you gave out there, the team that's actually right behind them having success in the first half has been the Thunder, who you were on really high yesterday for the first quarter bet there that hit with ease not as easy as he thought because you you know sent this tweet out with this weird score that wasn't even correct and it was a, a lot closer I'm looking I think at the dk live app i'm looking <laughs> at the score on the dk live app it said the spurs scored 14 points in the first quarter that was untrue but the oklahoma it was untrue. thunder the oklahoma city thunder did win the first quarter 28 to 21 i believe which cashes a money line bet by my calculations 
Yes, uh, but the Thunder uh, ha- are nine and one in the first half over their last ten, so they're right up there with the Knicks. After that, it's been they have a pretty wide margin over the rest of the field in that trend, though. But these are like things that you can definitely look at. So that article is definitely a really strong way to do that, all in one area for that night's slate. So uh, Julian will be doing that throughout the month as he's also doing a ton of March Madness content coming up, which will shift gears over to that too as well. We're already lining up our guests for the March Madness, you know, month of March, basically um, starting in the second week of March. Really excited to get some of that content out there. Hoping to have a lot of really good guests kind of give analysis on that as well. But Julian, I know you'll be really heavily involved in that. Taking a little bit of step aside from the NBA because you are the March Madness guy coming up. We're going to have a lot of March Madness content. Um, I think I counted, it'll be close to 20 articles probably throughout the conference tournaments and the big tournament. Um, It will require stepping back from NBA, but fortunately we have very capable writers that are going to jump in and fill in my best bets, my cheat sheets. Um, So those will be covered. I'll try and stick on, I've gotten some positive feedback so far about the betting trends article. People like it. Um, So I'm going to try and get it out as much as I can during March Madness, uh, but it's going to be a pretty busy time. And it's going to be a time, you know, adding on a lot of weekends, obviously, with the way that March Madness works. So we'll see how it goes. I I, I do want to get this article, the Trends article out as much for you guys as, as possible, but really it's going to be just a pile of March Madness futures, best bets, and including starting for those, that conference tournament week, which is, arguably just as fun a week as, as that uh, those first four days of the actual tournament. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. Um, and I'm looking forward to in this space, who knows, maybe we'll even have a week where we have more than one unreasonable odds. Who knows? Maybe you don't even need to come. Maybe you don't even need to come on the extra unreasonable odds because I'll just be talking with smart people that know college basketball and uh, you'll be, I don't know thinking about how many home runs Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to hit when the season starts up. So <laughs> Samir's listening, our producer, probably like, wait, did he just say two in one week? I haven't run that by anybody yet. I'm just throwing the ideas out there uh, on the fly. Um, but yeah, we're going to, at least once a week, we will have unreasonable odds. We will have some very notable college basketball betting minds on the podcast, hopefully giving out some plays, some ideas, some trends to look at for March that uh, that are valuable. Yeah, totally unconfirmed. This has not even been discussed before the show, after the show. So don't hold Julian to any of that. Uh, real quick, I just want to touch upon, too, the NBA did release some news yesterday. They'll be returning from the All-Star break on Wednesday, March 10th. Coming into this, it was unconfirmed of when the games would actually start up. Two games slate starting on Wednesday, March 10th, with the Wizards at the Grizzlies, and then the Spurs at Dallas, then back to the normal schedule on Thursday, an 11-game slate on that one, getting really back into the mix. So the NBA will be returning on Wednesday, March 10th. 10th so just be on the lookout for that one that's that's a day earlier than i thought it would because they were teasing like a longer break this year although it is two games and i think luka Doncic is the only all-star even playing on wednesday night if i heard the teams right um so i guess not a huge deal but still they don't really have a choice how many games have been scratched that we need to make up in this second half kind of on the fly schedule so 
they got to get after it. And there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs uh, for teams on that second half. So when I do, you know, I don't know how much in March I'll have the trends article. I'll definitely be back full-time on it in April, but it'll be interesting to start adding some back-to-back numbers to those trends when we get there, because so many teams are going to be playing on back-to-backs. That's going to be uh, an area that we, we kind of have to add to that. Yeah, and you'll notice, too, when you start going through the schedule, like in the first half, we had some of those slates where it's like a two, three-game slate. You're not seeing almost any of that because they just cannot afford to have those small slates. These teams are going rapid fire. So just take a quick look at the schedule. But I think, like, the smallest slate I saw was a four-gamer. So it's like they are going heavy every single day to try to get these games in in time uh, for the scheduled playoffs. Want to kind of shift gears a little bit here to the baseball side and, you know, baseball still a little ways away opening day schedule for April 1st, barring everything going all hunky dory. But if there's one thing that has been on schedule is the DraftKings Sportsbook dropping all the betting markets for MLB, basically everything you would want to bet on for baseball has been released to this point. If you go on the sportsbook, team futures, players awards, player totals, season leaders, and then all the subcategories after that all up right now. We'll be getting into this more as the season draws closer. But there was one thing in particular that really kind of baffled me. And we're going to shift over to the American League MVP odds. Not surprisingly, Mike Trout is the favorite, plus 200. A little bit of a gap there after that to Alex Bregman, who is 10 to 1. And I look at those odds and I go, where is the value here? This is somebody who's coming off a season that only played 42 games. But I think it's fair to say it was really a down year for him. If this was a full slate of game, excuse me, a full schedule last year, only on pace for 23 home runs, ended up slashing 242, 350, 451. You look at his future total for the over-under on his home run totals for this year, which is over on the DraftKings Sportsbook, it's at 35, 30 and a half, which is one of the lowest on the board. But then you have him as the second best odds for MVP at 10 to 1? Like, coming into this and looking at the numbers that he had last year, for me, that's like, okay, this would probably be an excellent value to get on Alex Bregman because supposedly, reportedly in the offseason, put on, I think, like I said, 27 pounds of muscle. Him and I are on the same routine, so we're both and I, you know, him and I bulking up, getting ready for MLB. But I look at those odds, and I'm horrible. Like, where is the value here? There is none. Like, this is what I would expect if he had a year like he had back in 2019 or 2018. 10 to 1. I mean, he has the talent. He has the capabilities to be there. But, I mean, these odds just don't make any sense to me at all. So, I'm, I'm with you for a couple of reasons. Number one, Houston is not even favored to win the division. That would be the Oakland A's. So, Houston might not have all that great of a year. So why is Bregman going to win MVP coming off an awful season, even though it's, you know, that would just be considered a cold streak in a normal season in those amount of games, but still it's hard to win a MVP award. If you have a 40 something game cold streak, Uh, guys are going to be better than that. The second thing is Springer's gone. 
that's the leadoff guy. That's the guy that, yeah. I mean, he's kind of like a home run leadoff guy, but he's a guy that's going to get on base and be in front of Bregman and help Bregman have a better season. And that's not there anymore. Um, Altuve will be there, but uh, it, uh, it certainly doesn't help Bregman. That's more of a, you know, that's a bat, that's a basketball thing. Um, a guy, whatever, Kevin Durant leaves OKC and Westbrook gets that MVP award because he has to do everything. That's not how it works in baseball. You want those good hitters in front of you so that you can put up bigger numbers. Um, so yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. And we've talked about this before in the AL MVP because it has trout on that side, having trout, you know, the, the cheapest price in the NL is plus seven fifty, And there's a bunch of guys right. kind of jumbled together in that range. Having a guy like trout thrown in there at plus 200 just gives you everybody else at steeper odds. And if we think Bregman is, also mispriced at the top of the field that means everybody below them is probably mispriced yeah. uh now trout could win it he's won it before he's kind of like the, like i say he's the default numbers guy if nobody stands out like the a dominant player on the best team oh well trout had this war and this average and this that stuff i don't know baseball nerd stuff that i don't even know um <laughs> but that like the angels don't really make the playoffs they don't win so it's not, I'm not afraid of that necessarily with Trout. So let's take Trout and Bregman and throw them out. Is Judge good at 1,200? Maybe. Jose Ramirez plus 1,200? Maybe. I'm looking, I don't know, maybe the White Sox guys, Jose Abreu and Luis Robert are both yeah. plus 2,500. That seems like pretty good value. I don't necessarily have a take on, on who to bet, but I'm just telling you there is value in betting the AL MVP if you do have a lean or a take because Trout is definitely way too high and Bregman being second on the list just opens up more value. I just think there's such unbelievable value on the AL MVP because like, you know, you mentioned Aaron judge, you know, he's probably the first guy that appears on, you know, a team that is expected to make the playoffs at 12 to one Jose Ramirez, the Indians are going nowhere. So that would be a shock to me. If he wanted at 12 to one, that Indians team has one of the lowest um, projected uh, salary, uh, you know, payrolls in all of baseball. So, I mean, I can't imagine that's going to happen. There's nobody around him. Matt Chapman, I said this early in a, in a different segment. I don't like the A's at all this year. And I think Chapman's actually somebody that's uh, could be a potential trade target. So whatever happens with that too, I think the American League West is wide open. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But you look at some of the guys that are further down the list. Like you mentioned, like the White Sox, Luis Robert, obviously a lot of hype for him. Had a bit of a September slump, but we know that his talent, 25 to 1. George Springer in a very, very good Blue Jays lineup hitting at the top, 30 to 1. In a better environment, too, in the AL East. Talk about, you know, uh, playing in ballparks that are very hitter friendly coming from the AL West, which is the complete opposite. 30 to 1. Those are some good odds. Jordan Alvarez, injury issues plagued him, but we know he has. 30 plus home run potential, 33 to one. There is so much value in the American league for MVP. So Bregman at 10 to one just makes absolutely no sense to me. And as the season progresses, I, 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 I'd be shocked if he doesn't take a huge dive. I just think these opening odds for him at 10 to one are probably, and again, this is nothing against the talent. This is nothing against the player. 10 to one just doesn't make sense from a betting perspective. You are so much better at getting some of these high upside guys like a Luis Robert, like a George, George Springer, like a Jordan Alvarez that are way down the list right now, which I think is a big misprice. 
Yeah, the more I'm just scrolling through it, the more it makes sense to just go with a long shot in the AL. And those two White Sox guys at 2,500, Springer was the next guy I was going to say at plus 3,000. Something like that makes sense to me. Um, and there's a lot of guys on bad teams that are just high up, like you said. So, yeah, like, I, yeah take take somebody that's expected to be on a good team that is that is mispriced. Um, that That's what stands out to me, I'd say. And this brings me to what I just was kind of teasing about the American League West. That division to me is wide open. Right now, the Athletics are the projector, projected winners of the division, plus 125, followed very closely by the Astros at plus 150. Angels are third, plus 375. Then it's really wide open after that. The Mariners, 26 to 1. Rangers, zero shot. Don't even bother. 40 to 1. But here's where I kind of stand on the American League West. As I mentioned, I think the Athletics are one long losing streak away from going into complete rebuild mode. They're a team that's always been cheap with players and all that. They have a lot of young core guys that are going to be coming up soon. We'll see it in the rotation. Jesus Lazardo, AJ Puck, if he can stay healthy, Frankie Montas. They have a lot of youth, which is not a bad thing by any means. But I also don't have a ton of money to work with either. And they could sell some of these assets they have, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, to get some of those younger guys to help that movement, that youth movement. The Astros I'm not crazy about either. Their rotation is fine, but they lack anybody on the bench. The bottom of that lineup is brutal. The loss of George Springer is huge. Do I like them? Not at 150. The Angels are intriguing, but they have a lot of things that need to work for them. They have a cast of misfits in the rotation that does have some potential, but certainly not solidified. The lineup is great. They have a great lineup, but all the pieces never align for them on a year-to-year basis, and that's why they always fluctuate. So it brings me to the Mariners. They're an absolute long shot, and I'm not saying put the house on the Mariners, but they're a team that is so deep talent-wise but unproven. Kyle Lewis is coming off his rookie of the year campaign. They have one of the best prospects in the league right now. Mets fans cover your ears. You're not going to want to hear that. But Jared Kelnick is obviously one of the more dynamic players in the news for the wrong reasons. Everything going on with the Seattle management. They have a lot of good players. And I'm not saying that they're going to go and they're going to win 80 plus games or whatever, or take the division, but in a division that is wide open in a full season, I'm just saying, if there's a long shot on the board out of all MLB, I don't hate the Mariners at 26 to 1. And I think it's one that no one is going to be on because why would you? But just looking at this, I think this is the most wide open division in all of baseball this season. And maybe you can split that up and look at just because it is such a long shot. If you think Seattle is going to be decent based on the 10 team playoff format, DK Sportsbook is offering right now. Bets prices are based on the, the, the 10 teams that we saw last year, which is a much larger playoff field. Seattle's plus a thousand to make the playoffs. Uh, so if you think they're going to be good, you can really cash in on that. I would say just going to their win total, even like what's their win total this year. I think it's 72 and a half last time I checked, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 72 and a half right on. So, I mean, they got to go way over that. Right. And here's the other thing too, that you mentioned too, with the playoff format. They have to win the division, obviously, to get in. They are not going to make the wild card because when I think about the potential wild card teams, 
Like we have the legit potential to see two teams come out of the AL East. Yankees, one of them. I think the Blue Jays have a very legitimate chance to be one of the wild card teams. Look at the AL Central. White Sox projected to win the division. The Twins are going to be right there too. So for me, there's a lot more potential wild card teams in the mix that Seattle most likely won't be one of them because you think about the AL East, you got the, uh, the Blue Jays and Yankees, two teams that could be over 90 wins. AL Central, same thing with the White Sox and the Twins. So the Mariners almost have to be the division team, but that would also mean that the rest of the division would really have to struggle. But again, I think that's a legit possibility. So that's the only path that I see for the Mariners. So it's kind of an all or nothing thing for the division. I don't think they'd be a wild card team. But I just, I just think for the odds that you're getting in a division that's going to be as wide open as it is, I don't hate that at all. And, it, you know, it could be a, a sucker bet, honestly. But for the odds you're getting, the value you're getting, I, I really, really don't hate that at all. All right. Wasn't on my radar, but I don't, I'm not high on the A's or Astros either. I, after what we've seen from them recently, I don't see either of them as a dominant team and somebody has to win the division. So right. that's, that's fair enough. Like I mentioned, all of these are available on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Currently, go to the MLB section. There is just a plethora of subcategories that you can look at here. Uh, player totals for home runs, RBIs, and hits. Season leader in all the offensive categories. A lot of value on the board, so make sure to check that out. As I mentioned, as the season is getting closer, we'll dive into this a little bit more. I'm absolutely loving Rookie of the Year categories. So many good that names new? on the board. I don't remember Rookie. that rookie of the year yeah i do believe that was on there last okay. year but this year is so deep last year was deep too to be fair but this year is very deep with rookies too because a lot of these guys still have um you know depending on how much they play they can still have rookie status for this year so there is a lot of really enticing names on the board of course your usual al cy young national league cy young and mvp so definitely keep an eye on that is there anything you want to hit upon before we kind of wrap up this condensed version of the show as we get ready for a busy month of march what's your favorite win total win total right now let me just pull this early early win total early win total i i I, i've been somebody that's been on the white Sox already um i do like the taking the over on that one i'm just trying to see if i can uh pull it up here real quick uh 91 and a half yeah i think that's definitely obtainable at, at minus 106 they got the pitching their bullpen is has made major strides obviously that offense is loaded another one that i was kind of sort of looking at and this is kind of is the raise at 85 and a half that's a big drop from last year but they've also lost some big pieces obviously blake snell no longer in the mix so their pitching has taken some some hits there but that just seems a bit low for a division that's going to see the Red Sox consistently, the Orioles consistently. Like there's a lot of teams they'll be able to beat up on in that division. So 85 and a half seems a bit low too, as well. That's one that I was eyeing. And I think the nationals over 84, 84 and a half is a pretty low total too, as well. That team can be so good if the pitching can stay healthy. And that's obviously been a big issue with them, but Strasburg Scherzer in the mix Pat Corbin, They've acquired Josh Bell over the offseason. Really good offense there, too. That feels like a potential play as well. The only one I'm staying away from, real quick, is the Dodgers over 102.5. They're, they're such a good team. Like, I get it. Like, I, I would not want to bet the under. It doesn't matter. Like, they're either going to 
they're either going to get it or they don't. They win 100 games and dominate, or they win 105 games right. and dominate, and they're still going to be equally as favored to win the World Series, right? Right. But 102 with a little bit of juice, mm, that's not, not a big fan there, but I know that's going to be a very popular one as well. All right. Well, you're, you're looking at all these overs. I'm more of a negative guy. There's like three teams yes, you are. around the 500 area that I'm looking at unders on. First of all, we talked about the Houston Astros. The Astros made the playoffs last year going under 500 now they lose springer and they're at 86 and a half um why are they going to be better than 500 again and 81 and 81 right would be right in that neighborhood let's say they win 79 80 games i think under 86 and a half on houston makes some sense um i had the red Sox under 30 well, and what, a half one win. sec too what else did the astros lose hmm who else did the Astros lose? I don't know. Justin Verlander. Where is he? Tommy John. Oh, okay. So um, there's that too in the rotation. Right. Well, but he was, how much did he pitch last year? He was, he basically pitched the entire regular season. He ended up getting Tommy John surgery near the end of September. So he didn't miss much. Oh, of the regular okay. season. I remember him. I remember him as getting hurt early in the season. And he was still pitching through it, but then he ended but up he getting back. Tommy okay. John. Yep. Okay. I thought there were more without him already last season, but if they, if they finished under 500 and Verlander was there the majority of the time and now he's gone, then great. Making my argument for me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Houston under, I like the Red Sox. I took them under 30 and a half wins last year. It closed 29 and a half. They were a dumpster fire. They're sitting at 80 and a half. Are the Red Sox going to go 500? They're going to be better. I'm going to give them that. They're going to be, they can't be worse, but I would lean to the under there and a t- another team that you said, why are the Indians going to be good? The Cleveland Indians are set at 81 and a half. Right. Why the are they going to get there? The Indians are not going to be good at all. Right. So that's an under, they got the twins. They've got the white Sox in that division. Um, I, those are three teams right there uh, that have been consistent playoff teams up until last year kind of uh and i think that downward trend kind of continues on on all three of them and justin verlander did barely pitch last year so that's my mistake i just checked double checked and he did yeah you know that that season was just an abomination to begin you'll trap right up here you're right you're right but no i i do agree with the indians one i i hate taking unders i absolutely hate taking unders even though i have atlanta hawks under but i absolutely hate taking unders Cleveland we'll Indians. <laughs> Cleveland Indians are definitely one of those teams who like I saw one of the standing uh, projections that they actually have them, I think, second in the division, which is absolutely asinine. It's like, what team are you looking at from last year? Maybe they don't have Lindor or anything. They're cutting salary left and right. Like, come on, they're, they're not going anywhere this year. Uh, 81 and a half. That seems like a stretch. So that is one in even on both sides, minus 12 and 12 on both sides there. So under, absolutely under for me as well. All right, we're going to get into, uh, like I said, baseball as the month of March rolls on. March Madness coming up next month as well. Really nice set of guests that I think we're going to get on as well. So make sure to tune in for that. Plenty of content coming in the month of March. That's going to do it for this edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. For Julian Edlow, Steve Buchanan, catch you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile 
and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.